from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that flips through the pages of history to deliver old news in a new way. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're talking about the origin of the OED, a meticulous record of the English language and an unparalleled achievement in publishing, more than half a century in the making. The day was February 1st, 1884. The first section of the Oxford English Dictionary was published, covering the words A through Ant. It would take the editors another 44 years to finish the rest of the volume, but most language scholars, English majors, and word lovers would agree it was worth the wait. Today, the Oxford English Dictionary, or the OED, is considered the most comprehensive and accurate English dictionary ever compiled. The current edition contains the meaning, pronunciation, and history of 600,000 English words and phrases. And if that weren't enough, it also features extensive cross-references to illustrate the different shades of meaning for each word. There are more than 3 million quotations in total, representing more than a thousand years of English literature. The seeds of this ambitious project were planted in 1857 by members of the Philological Society of London, an elite group of scholars dedicated to the study of language. Many of the group's members felt that existing dictionaries weren't doing justice to the English language. They contained only a fraction of the words in use at the time, and even then, the entries were often riddled with errors. To make matters worse, the dictionaries of the day didn't include any information on obsolete or archaic words, the ones you'd be most likely to look up if you came across them in an old book. To solve this problem, the society proposed compiling a new English dictionary, one that would cover the entirety of the English language from the Anglo-Saxon period to the present. 
The three members in charge of the project were Richard Trench, Herbert Coleridge, and Frederick Furnival. They were given no strict time frame for publication, but it was clear from the start that the book wouldn't be ready anytime soon. Unlike other dictionaries on the market, this one aimed to provide a thorough, chronological history for every word and phrase, whether in current usage or not. It also sought to contextualize that history by citing quotations from a range of sources, including newspapers, classic literature, magazines, and even cookbooks. Coleridge was named the original editor, and he realized fairly quickly that if they were to have any hope of publishing in their lifetimes, they'd have to get some outside help with sourcing all the necessary quotations. To that end, he and Furnival assembled a large pool of volunteer readers to pore over written texts from all periods of English language history. The reader's goal was to extract quotations that helped illustrate the usage of words and then mail them in on small pieces of paper, which the team collectively referred to as slips. This system worked well enough, but progress remained slow. Then, four years into the project, Herbert Coleridge passed away and was succeeded as editor by Furnival. This change in leadership proved detrimental, as Furnival was far less organized than his predecessor. Thousands of quotation slips were misplaced under his editorship, including all of the entries for the letter H, which somehow wound up in Italy. Work on the dictionary continued off and on for the next decade or so, but by the 1870s it had pretty much ground to a halt. The project didn't get its second wind until 1879, when the Oxford University Press agreed to publish the book. Around the same time, a new editor was appointed. James Murray, a self-taught scholar from the Scottish Lowlands and a respected member of the Philological Society. As editor, Murray breathed new life into the dictionary's volunteer reading program, amassing more than 2,000 readers from across the country. They mailed in thousands of quotation slips every day, which Murray's small team would then painstakingly review and organize. To better streamline this process, Murray built what he called the Scriptorium. In reality, it was just a sunken shed in his backyard for his staff to work in, but it proved to be a game-changer for the project. It was made of corrugated iron and contained more than a thousand pigeonholes in which the ever-growing horde of slips could be sorted, arranged, and filed. As time went on, Murray even employed his own children at the Scriptorium, paying them pocket money to help sort slips alphabetically. Initially, Murray and his team estimated the dictionary would take 10 years to complete and would be contained in just four volumes. But after five years on the job, they weren't even finished with the A's, having only made it as far as the word ant. Recognizing that the completed book was going to take a lot longer than they'd anticipated, the team decided to start publishing unbound editions of the work in progress. The first of these fascicles, or portions of a larger work, was published on February 1, 1884. The official title was A New English Dictionary on Historical Principles, founded mainly on the materials collected by the Philological Society. But the 4,000 or so people who bought it just called it the New English Dictionary. The first fascicle was 352 pages long and cost 12 shillings and 6 pence or about $3.25 American. Publishing the dictionary in small chunks turned out to be the right approach, 
as the full, complete work wouldn't be ready until 1928, 44 years after publication began and 71 years after the idea was first proposed. By that point, James Murray had been dead for more than a decade, having only survived long enough to complete work on the letter T. The project he once thought could be limited to just four volumes had ultimately ballooned into ten, containing over 250,000 main entries and almost two million quotations. Even at that enormous length, though, there were still some words and phrases that had fallen by the wayside, and new vocabulary was being added to the English language every day. With those oversights in mind, the book was reprinted in 1933 as 12 volumes plus a supplement. It was with this release that the book took on its now familiar title, The Oxford English Dictionary. That version of the OED remained in print for decades, but in 1989 it expanded again, this time to 20 volumes. It was getting pretty cumbersome by that point, claiming roughly as much shelf space as a set of encyclopedias so the decision was made to switch to a digital format. It took more than 120 typists and 55 proofreaders working for 18 months to digitize the entire contents, but from then on, the OED could be easily accessed electronically, first as a set of CD-ROMs and later on the internet. Because the current OED only exists in an electronic format, it can now be updated every year to better reflect the evolving English language. In 2023 alone, more than 700 new words were added, including modern signifiers such as air fryer, parasocial, and superyacht. After all these years, the first word in the OED is, of course, still A but the back of the book has seen some reshuffling in recent years. For a long time, the final word was Xinthum, a type of malted beverage consumed in ancient Egypt, but in 2017, Xinthum was overthrown by Ziziva, a South American weevil that feeds on palm leaves. That kind of shakeup underscores the fact that compiling the OED was never going to be the work of just one lifetime. Just like the development of language itself, the project is and must be forever ongoing. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can find us at TDIHC Show. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can get in touch directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 